Do you like love? Are you a night owl? Then Late Night Love is a place for you. Since life is negative enough, here we discuss everything love. What we love, who we love, and why we love. So join us on Saturday nights at 11.30 p.m. Pacific Time. And please remember, love it. And thank you, everybody, for joining us on another excursion through the stream of consciousness towards the river of love. Yay, you did it. <laughs> I got one right. <laughs> Whoa, this chair is broken. Anyway. Like I said, we got a salt chair problem. Anyway. Um, thank you, everybody, for joining us. It's been a, I don't know, considering how the last few months have gone, it's been a calm week. All things considered, it's, and I think we're all kind of appreciate that. I mean, it's hardly, it's like the world hasn't been calm, but it's just to tell you how unsettling the world has been in the last uh, few months that we actually view this last week can be this last week as calm and so it's just an interesting time so i think i just thought it was interesting that we actually can view this as calm but we're going to start right here we did we had a we had a mellow week it was not just us i think kind of the whole country and the kind of the whole world i don't know if necessarily the whole world but the whole country had a had a bit of a mellow week this this week, and I think that's nice. But we are going to start here with a discussion about Baby Yoda. There's a meme popped around. It tells you how you. I think you watch The Mandalorian. I don't watch much TV. I watch Mandalorian, and <laughs> I looked at the the meme you're talking about, and I've watched the episode. Okay, so so let's. Get, there's a, the meme is on the screen for those of you and for those of you on. Uh, on the podcast, Lucasfilm is in trouble because Baby Yoda ate eggs of a, a endangered species. But of course, we all have to remember, and I think some people have seemed to have forgotten, this is a fictional galaxy and a fictional universe a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And why are we all upset that a fictional character in a movie ate an egg? Well, he didn't just eat one egg, and, and she was the last of her species. And she was going to get her eggs fertilized by her husband, who had been working on some Ecuadorian moon. I don't know if I have that name right, but, you know, slaving away, trying to make a better life for them. And she was going with the last of her eggs. And she started out with about 20 of them. (laughs) As as, We're not over yet. There's going to be a part two. And part one, they were like half. So I don't know. It's like, are there going to be any eggs left? In the first one, you see it happen. And first, it's like, ah, oh, my God, oh, my God. No, no, I get But baby Yoda eats everything. No, that's fine. Actually, the emotional reaction, that just means you're telling a good story. The fact that you get an emotional reaction to it. That means the storyteller is doing a good job, that you have an emotional reaction. But that you carry that re- emotional reaction onto Twitter and social media and throw up a big cow and want to cancel Lucas Films and you now Baby Yoda. Cancel now, you, Lucas Films? Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah, these people have got all, all these, they're, they're offended by a fictional character eating fictional eggs. It's, 
there's a from an endangered species from an endangered well except it's not an endangered species it's a fictional <laughs> world no i get the emotion so it's a good storytelling so i think it's great that we've actually have some art actual art has emerged in the world we've been such you know so much of media recently has been essentially propaganda. it's mandalorian it's a great show and so we actually have some art into the world that people can yes. have emotional reactions and wide variety of emotional reactions and room for discussion i actually think it's great i'm not partaking in it because i don't have time right now but i actually think it's great i think good art is 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 a good thing it's needed and the fact that people have this initial emotional reaction to it, it i think is good but are we emotional children or we carry that out past the TV, out past the TV show. I don't mean sitting there talking amongst your friends and having good banter and you know getting your emotional. Out, but I mean actual raging against the people who make it, and actual raging that they've actually committed some kind of actual crime or something. These people have lost. We're emotional children. We've raised a generation of people who have not matured emotionally. Well, these are, I, I think, are extremists, um, for one thing. Well, and, and I don't, how many people are there that are doing this? Well, it's significant enough, or at least there's people with significant enough voices doing it, you know, loud enough voices doing it, that it's a, it's an actual thing. Oh my gosh. I mean, Lucasfilm's. I'm having had, a hard time wrapping my head around that. Lucasfilm's one. had to defend themselves to the media over this thing. Oh my gosh. And it's not that you have to come out and say, hey, you know, we appreciate their fans are enjoying the movie and enjoying our show and have gotten emotionally involved. We appreciate we appreciate your, your emotional involvement. That's cool. I actually think that's cool that so many people have got so deeply emotionally involved that they have a genuine emotional attachment to what's going on i don't actually have a problem with that but we seem to lost something where that's become part of your life not just part of your entertainment life part of something that fulfills you but you generally genuinely rage against it if you're genuinely raging against a fictional character in a galaxy far far away eating eggs that we assume are the last just because someone says it's the last of their species in the star wars universe doesn't mean they're the last of their species you could have a whole colony of their species on some planet in the under in, in you know in the dark area or in when you know in, in one of those places where they don't discover you know or the god they do it all the time people aren't actually gone or so my point it's fiction that's the whole point you can act, <laughs> i don't get the rage they rewrite it's fiction they rewrite these things all the time and so it's and so so wait a minute so people are mad at an idea apparently that happens in nature all the time nature doesn't care if you're the last of your species if it wants your eggs and it can get them they're going to eat them that's just the way nature works Nature's a cruel mistress. It doesn't care about your emotions. If the predator's hungry and you're and you're there, your food. It doesn't take, well, you know, that's the last of its kind. I probably shouldn't eat it. I'm hungry. I'm eating it. That's what the wolf does. That's what the bear does. They just eat. They don't contemplate. They don't plan. They don't plan for next year's crops. They don't plan to say we gotta save 10% of our seeds so we can plant it next year. They just eat. They're like locusts. You know, locusts eat until they all die. 
until they can't have any more food. They're kind of mindless. Luckily, most animals can't do that. We, as humans, realizing, hey, we can actually eat ourselves dead. And one of the few creatures who realize that we can actually eat ourselves dead, we probably shouldn't do that. We should plan. Anyway, I just think that it's very strange that how we have so many people who are emotionally immature that they can't separate those two emotions, the real life emotions and the emotions from the fictional world. Mm. I, I think it's good to have them. You know, it's good to have that kind of connection to good art. And I'm, I'm in, in one sense, I'm pleased that there's actually some art out there that is genuinely that good that people are having this kind of emotional reaction to. And we haven't seen it in a long time. So in that respect, I, I find it, I find it, Heartwarming, in a sense, it's a strange word, to, but I do. I find it hopeful that you know there, there is some real art out there still. But at the same time, we've got this group of people who are emotional children. They're adults, but they're still ten years old. And I, we talk about how I'm twelve, but that's a joke. <laughs> I'm not really twelve. You know, it's a joke. It's kind of, you know. Well, the, your humor is a 12-year-old at 3 <laughs> o'clock in the morning. Oh, my God. Yeah, but it's the running gag. It's part of the joke. It's part of my character. It's, but, you know, I'm not actually 12. When I, well, I'm not uh, actually getting upset at the Mandalorian and running no. around being, getting raging and having it ruin my day. That's just because he ate an egg. And just. <laughs> I just I don't get it either, babe. But maybe that kind of segues into our next uh segment here. We're talking about friendships and the people you hang around with and how do you choose your friends and how do you know who your true friends are? And we actually recorded a daily dose of this, and I think I want to do it again now that I've had some time to contemplate. But it is what it is, we'll do it later. We'll, we'll have a redo of it in a few weeks. But it's, you know, how do you choose your friends? How do you know who your friends are? And, you know, I guess it's who wants those around you who want you to be a better you. They want the best for you. Yeah, generally. doesn't necessarily mean what you necessarily tell you what you want to hear, but they'll tell you what you need to hear. And who will be generally happy for you when you have a success that supersedes them. They don't care about them. They care about you. You know, people you can talk to. You don't have to worry about what the reaction is going to be. People who are happy for you. Yeah, don't always deflect. Don't make the conversations about them that allow you to grow into the better you, to become and not help you become the non-emotional child. Help you say... One person will come up to you and say, hey, you know, you're flipping out over this Mandalorian thing. Maybe you should get a grip. <laughs> Maybe we should understand that, you know, it's a TV show and it's good to have that emotional connection to it. But you've gone off the deep end. You need to do some introspection. What's really bothering you? You know, where a true friend will tell you that. And you can also go to a true friend and you can tell them, hey, <laughs> you've gone off the deep end. And so that's who your true friends are. You know, it's not just 
as I think we talked about earlier, it's not just the people who will be for you there at three in the morning. It's the people who will bail you out at three in the morning and then give you the long lecture that you need to hear about what the hell am I having to bail you out again? <laughs> 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 you know, and, and kind of set, set your mind straight. Those people who help, who actually help you become the better you, you need to be. It's actually good for you. But they do it in not in a controlling way. They do it because you respect them and you honor them. And you honor that they're willing to tell you the truth and that you can tell them anything. You know, can you tell them bad news? And that they're actually going to be there to listen to your bad news and not deflect it and make it about them or somebody they knew. Can you tell them good news? And they're going to be happy for you and go out and celebrate for you and not, you know, try to bring you down to that level because they're don't feel good about themselves. And so they don't, not happy that you become more successful. You know, friendship is a strange beast and choosing who your friends are, who you surround yourself with and who you spend time with, who your emotional energy is invested in is a, uh, something you actually need to think about. And I don't think enough of us consider it. Our friendships. Yeah. Well, we, yeah. Uh -huh. I'm not sure we think about it enough. Generally uh, think about what we want, what we need, not necessarily about an individual friend, about the type of people we actually want to be spending our time with. And for someone like me, who, you know, I spent so long locked in the house, it's, you know, self-isolated. It's not, you know, now that I can actually go out in the world again, you almost forget how to make friends. How do you do that at 45, 50 years old or whatever? I call it networking. That's just awful. That's the thought of that. Yeah, it's, I don't want to do that. You don't want to do the superficial? No, I don't got time for it. But at the same time, I've gotten a choice. <laughs> and it's the better, because nothing for me is superficial. And so in a sense. It won't be. Yes. I, I, yes. I, yeah, I, 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 but it also means it's exhausting. So, but it is what it is. We all have our cross to bear. And, you know chosen this path and so we pick it it's better than the others it's better than the not doing this path which speaking of doing this path we have a patreon page we've actually started so if you guys would like to support us you can go to uh, patreon slash late night love and we've got three tiers currently set up even though there's no description you get at what at three bucks a month you get the chat with the lovingator and a open chat which is not quite set up i'm still on the back end getting everything set up we're learning how to do it and we learn how to everything do things live around here so damn it that's what i forgot to do i forgot to post the link to the live thing on the patreon page uh-oh well um will that's what started me getting down that whole rabbit hole of adsense and the google things and i got all frustrated and took 45 minutes to Forty-five minutes. I thought maybe you spent maybe fifteen minutes on oh this. No. Forty-five, honey. It was forty-five minutes. Good no. heavens! It was a pain in the butt, and 
but you know it is what it is. It, you just have to get through it. But yeah, you're so much more patient than I am. I, I get started down the rabbit hole and just forget it. I lost him. The rabbit's gone. Trust me, I wasn't that patient. <laughs> <laughs> no one was here to hear it. <laughs> yes, I, I was visiting an, the grandkids. You get to be an angel when no one's around to hear. <laughs> like when I was stuck out at the when my, the car broke down out at I five, and the higher patrolman came by, and he drove me down to the gas station to get something to drink. They've been out there for hours or whatever it was, and so we were just chatting about you know venting frustrations or whatever. And I says, "Yeah, but there's no it doesn't doesn't count if there's no one out to but the lizards to hear you. So you know the lizards don't care. If lizards don't care if you yell out of frustration because your freaking cell phone keeps going in and out." Because you're right at the edge of whatever the hell tower it is, and you got to stand on a rock and talk like this if you want somebody to be able to hear you. Is that what you were doing? Oh my god! Because <laughs> if I put it down here, it's disconnecting. Son of a! <laughs> I, oh man, that was terrible. That was terrible. Uh, and, and just a little backstory. Uh, that was you'd gone up to uh, Oregon. You're gonna go for a quick trip to, to go see one of the youngins, and the car decided to break down. And so you were coming on the way back, and you're stuck by the side of the road on a turnoff. You and the lizards, me and, the lizards, and me yeah. on the phone for hours trying to get a tow truck. It took hours. Yeah, it took hours. It was it was awful. And and when I finally got a hold of somebody who was competent, um, yeah, they called the highway patrol, and highway patrol came out. Make sure you're doing okay out there. <laughs> well, it was you the one who that got all worked up? It wasn't actually me. I was crying. <laughs> So I just want to point that one out. No, it was you that got all worked up. I was I was all right. It wasn't actually all that hot. It was terrible. And it wasn't all that long. So it's not like I was dying or anything. But it was it's yeah, those are the frustrating days. And then you're just waiting so dang long. The tow truck's coming, then it's not, and then there's another one coming, but like that, an hour. And then that one fell through. Yeah, it was like the third tow truck. It was the third tow truck. Yeah, good Lord. Well, it's because we're out in the middle of flipping nowhere. That's why <laughs> no one wanted to go to it. And one of them I scheduled and they called me back. Oh, we need another 250 bucks. No. Yeah, suckers. Anyway, yeah, it's. Yeah, we, we got them deactivated off the their. System though, yeah, we got them kicked off. Oh, them the being uh, their insurance giving them referrals, yeah, so yeah, because they were underhanded. Underhanded, it's just all right. So, so what we've got. So, what oh, do we finish our friends' conversation about choosing your friends? I guess we did. I think we did, yes. So, wow, those Mandalorian and Friends discussions went faster than we got. So what you got over there? Well, 
I found a article, mm -hmm. five traits all unhappy marriages have in common and how to overcome them. I felt that was a positive spin on them. And I'll do a review here. Okay. Um, and the first one, it says grudge holders beware. They forgive but never forget. That's a big mistake. Uh, a tendency to ne never let go of a, a mistake or cutting comment your partner once once made can signify a less than happy union. It says. Yeah, yeah you don't want to holding grudges. It's like keeping holding score. keeping score. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to keep scoring your relationships because then you're trying to win and you're not trying to win. How do you, how do you win a marriage? I thought you both reached the goals, <laughs> the goals together. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure how you win you're a marriage. You're both happy. Yeah, and so I think that you, you've got the wrong mindset. It's not that necessarily that, you, you know, forgiving and not forgetting is one thing, but holding a grudge... You know, you forgive people, but it doesn't necessarily mean you forget. Well, maybe after 10 years or something, but right. depending upon how you don't forget. You have to, you can't forget the the history. You, It's not possible. So, you know, this notion that you can forget it, it's just not possible. You can forgive, you can put it in its proper place. And over time, it can become less important. But holding the grudge putting up on a chalkboard and making a mark is, is a bad idea because then you're trying to win. The minute you start keeping score, you're trying to win. That's what this says. Um, couples fight. That's a given. But how you resolve conflict is what counts most when it comes to the overall health of your courtship. Yeah, you can't keep score. Keeping score, trying to win a relationship is you've, is fundamentally the wrong relationship. Do you want a defeated partner? They suggest strive to be open to your partner's efforts to repair the damage. If you have a sensitive partner at all, they're gonna, you know, they know, they know you're upset. <laughs> they know they don't have to be sensitive. They know you're upset, trust me. You don't have to be that sensitive, they just don't know what to do with it. That's the difference. We know you. Even the dullest of men know when you're really upset. Even the thunderheaded of us, we just don't do it. But, and so you know, that's part of the problem. And instead of saying, I don't know what to do with this, can you help me figure this out? What can I do? What <laughs> yeah. can I do? I'm sorry I made a mistake. Yeah, they get defensive, clam up, withdraw, all the various mistakes that we as humans and men especially tend to make in relationships. Run and hide. Yeah. Because you don't know what to do with it. And, you know, as men, you're kind of, especially in the modern world where everything is specialization. If it's, you don't know what to do with it, you bring in somebody who does. Well, <laughs> you can't bring in anybody who does really and bring in, you know, it's a strange thing. You can. You can go to counseling, but that's a whole different mindset. It's it's a minefield of emotions. And you should. I'd actually encourage people to go individual counseling. I actually think individual counseling is more important than marriage counseling, couples counseling, personally. Well, one, the individual counseling would affect the uh, yeah. 
the better human being you are, the better relationship you're going to be. You affect your marriage. Yeah. yeah. I, if you're taking care of yourself, then you will be taking care of your, your relationship. Right. Yeah. I don't, I think if you're going to marriage counseling and you're not dealing with yourself, you're not dealing with the problems you're dealing with the symptoms. Ultimately you have to deal with yourself. And so if you've got, and if you're going to both, if you've got everybody going to individual counseling and, and you're both going to a marriage counseling, man, you've got a rough ride. What the heck did you guys do? Or you're just very serious about not having problems, which then I guess is cool. More power to you. Yeah, it's a preventative <laughs> measure rather than waiting for problems to come up. Yeah, yeah. If you're trying to set, okay, how do we how do we set? You're setting good patterns. You, you want to set patterns? good patterns from the beginning. Yeah, how do we set good patterns? How do we make uh, good choices? How do we, especially if you've come from, if either one of you has come from a troubled background, trauma and, and relationship issues, and you don't have any a good model. To follow so you're essentially having to invent one invent a model on the fly <laughs> and try to unlearn everything your family or not having a family taught you you know that's that's paths we don't talk about as a culture as a society as individuals is that you know my family was maybe they were loving but they were fundamentally defunct dysfunctional and I need to learn a new way to do it, but I don't know how because all I've ever seen is dysfunction. Maybe not even abusive, just not functional. Yeah, you usually don't learn that until after you tried it. <laughs> hey, this doesn't work. What do I do now? Well, you can see how it doesn't work. And if you're someone who's young but mindful, you you can. You know, a lot of the times what you do is you overcorrect, but that's because you don't seek help finding the, the true path. But but it's hard. Life, you know, life and relationships are hard because you've got to know what to carry on and know what to forget, know what to unlearn. And if you don't have the proper models and society and our culture and our friend circles are uh, willing to talk about it, how are we supposed to work our way through this? We're all alone in the dark. And that's not a good place to be. No one wants to be alone in the dark. All right, we're going to create our short break here for our sponsor. talking we finished talking about baby yoda our friends you can help us on our journey if you want to go to our patreon page and join the patreon community as it grows as we actually figure out how to do it you can go to patreon.com slash late night love like everything else and we'll create other ways where you can help if you don't want to use the patreon service so we're literally just starting that journey okay so what else we got we're talking about uh marriage five Five things, five traits all unhappy marriages have in common and how to overcome them. Okay, now this next, we talked about number one. This is number two. Now, this is my favorite. They no longer say please and thank you. 
this is this is one of my uh, something that I think is so important. Manners matter. Yeah, but then I'm in trouble. You t you tell me. Not really. I'm not. Don't really. It's not a habitual to be saying please. You say you say please and thank you. I don't know. Uh, I think I'm in trouble on that one, but but I think I do it differently. Is I, I think I I don't think I use the exact word. I don't think I use the words please and thank you, but I do express my things. I just I think maybe you you express you express yourself. Mm -hmm. Well, clearly, apparently I do, but I don't think, I think that's actually one of my weaknesses that I don't actually do that enough. If I were to pull out my relationship weaknesses, and it's not that I'm not thankful, and it's not that I, you know, not asking, I think because I always ask kindly, and so I think maybe that suffices for please. You can, with tone and word choices, you mm -hmm. don't necessarily technically have to say please to say please, and so maybe I get away with it that way. When I need more, uh, in fact, recently I've, I asked about a certain task that I do, and uh, I do it kind of often, and it gets me down, and uh, I asked for a thank you. If you could, please give me a thank you. That would give me a little boost. I kind of need it, if you would, please. I asked you for that. You know, so I think if you need something more, that's if you need something, ask for it. Yeah. Well, especially yeah. for me, because again, it's not that I'm not thankful for these things, but I don't think if there is a weakness, if there is a glaring weakness in my in my relationship repertoire, so to speak, it's, I probably don't expressly say it enough. If I were to say, put on my introspection okay all right all right and and the fix is it's really quite quite simple express gratitude for small efforts more often and it's just a mindfulness yeah well thing. i guess maybe it's it's how we it's how we choose to express it maybe you just don't have to maybe i get hung up on the please and thank you part maybe it's again it's maybe i it, it's being thankful and expressing that in a way that your partner can understand maybe the words don't have to be please and thank you maybe it just has to be clear enough to your partner that they understand what you're actually saying sometimes they need it more clearly sometimes you know sometimes a inside joke is, is enough yes yeah, we you do a lot of you use humor a lot, but you you do that throughout our relationship. Yeah, that's in every it touches every single area of our relationship. Yeah, <laughs> which so. which you know is, is I'm I'm grateful for. <laughs> I love that part of you. Well, see, I'm happy for that because I I can see how it would be really annoying. So <laughs> I can see how it could be. No, no. So. <laughs> you call it my rose-colored glasses, but I still think you're the freaking funniest thing. Well, I've see, there we go. It's the rose-colored glasses. Long time, <laughs> and it's been ten years. They just work in my favor. That hey, time. I was single for ten years. I looked for you for ten years. <laughs> they're thick glasses. That's they're, all thick, they're thick glasses. <laughs> 
my Adonis. <laughs> and now we know there's a glasses. <laughs> need some new prescriptions. <laughs> all right. So, all right. So the please and thank you. Make sure you make sure you show your gratitude. Make sure you tell your tell your thankfulness. I know this is becoming this is going to be Thanksgiving week. So yeah, let's let's take a break here and go to thankfulness. And so it's it's a good segue for thankfulness. We'll come back to that. But if we a, need to yeah it's a good time to express our thankfulness for you know not just your partners and your loved ones and your friends and your, but for everything you know during this time we're thankful for our healthcare workers we're thankful for those people who are trying to teach our children under difficult circumstances we're thankful for the delivery people who are who are out there in a strange way doing a dangerous job not the dangers that it used to be it's a different danger you know it's a health danger it used to be you'd get worried about getting robbed or something and now you're worried about catching a disease it's a very different it's a very different danger you know i used to drive around a lot as a gig worker and you worried about accidents and stuff it's not that you're worried about being responsible for getting somebody sick it's actually a different thing. So I think, you know, being thankful for all that we have, not just individually, but culturally. I mean, if you look in the last decades, literally billions of people have been lifted out of poverty, abject poverty, truly abject poverty worldwide has declined. There's less, as a percentage, there's less people living in abject poverty in this world than there's ever been before. And I think we should all be thankful for things like that. You know, we all look at the world and we see all the things wrong, but we often forget how far we've actually come. That, you know, mass starvation used to be a thing. It's not anymore. When, when food supplies get short some, someplace, the world responds and sends food and we have the ability to do it within days mass amounts of food to a place in days that's a glorious thing and it's the human spirit we all do it no one complains about the cost yeah we do when budget time comes around and then tax time comes around but in the emergency no one cares we all buckle down we do what we need to do to to cover genuine emergencies you know how much of an emergency is an extended emergency is an open question and i think we as a culture debate that and we're not talking about that here but as we have that conversation be kind to your neighbors just because they have a different view on on the world doesn't mean they're less human we care less and sadly we talk about mental and emotional health and I was reading articles and more and more places are showing the doubling of the suicide rate. And, you know, if the number of suicides are doubling, that, what's that mean for the number of attempts? Or the number of people who are in desperation? There was another article I read, I didn't bring it up, that uh, the unreported deaths of despair in nursing homes, they're not COVID deaths. They're just, they've been isolated from their families for months. And they have no reason to live anymore. 
And, you know, so whose lives are we choosing? Are we choosing one first set of people's lives or another? I don't know. I don't have that answer. And sadly, we don't have that discussion. But we should be thankful that we are able to hold those who we can. We're able to communicate with those who we do. That we still have all that we have. You know, we can all hunker down. We can all try to do our part. We can all argue and complain. But, you know, we welcome out of this. And we will have to put our society and our culture back together. And if we don't maintain a foundation of love, it's going to have the opportunity to go wrong. And I think all of us have a moral obligation, you know, to be more mindful, to be more loving, kindness, and compassion, especially now. Yeah. So, but on a little bit more upbeat, you know, we're thankful for our friends, our families. You know, I'm thankful for the love and support of generations of my family. We couldn't be doing what we're doing without that. We couldn't be on this journey. We couldn't have been on the journey that I was just on. I wouldn't be who I am. You know, I'm thankful for the children, you know, and all the paths that got us there. You know, all the paths may not have been beautiful, but the end result is I have the beautiful children, beautiful grandchildren, an ever-growing family, ever-growing. You know, my family was diverse to begin with, and it's becoming even more diverse, diverse, and it's a beautiful thing. The extended families, the the not family families, I love them all, and I am thankful for every minute that I have gotten to uh, enjoy that and partake of that. And I am thankful for my lobby, with whom... I get to share this strange, bizarre, never know where the heck we're going journey. <laughs> <laughs> we have a direction-ish. No. <laughs> no. Well, yeah, we pick a direction, but it doesn't go where we think is going, apparently, clearly. Well, that's just <laughs> life, baby. You got to roll with it. Well, we're good at that, apparently, because who would have thought five years ago we'd be end up here? No. No. Two years ago, we ended up here. No. Yeah. And which reminds me, I'm thankful for those involved in my education that allows me to be here. I can't, I, you know, Gail, Lee, Tony, Charles, Richard, John, all the guests we've had on my political TV show, you know, the base talent, the base talent, the base skills that uh, I learned there extend to here. You know, it's a different it's a different mindset. It's a different output, but it's a uh, it's the same training, the same base skills, and I couldn't have learned it. And I'm sad that we might not have access to our no. But I was thankful for the opportunity to learn in it. It's going to be like a second home. It's like missing a second home. It's one of the few places. It's strange. 
I know we all talk about having anxiety disorder. And, you know, the first time I walked into the TV studio, sat down at the desk behind all the lights, uh, I sat down 15 minutes earlier. So just assuming I was going to have to get acclimated and oddly, I was oddly calm. It may have been the least anxiety point I had ever been in my life. It may, it's like the one place I felt at home kind of tearing up. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I turn up a little bit oh, because it was like a second home. I, it, you know, it was like a home without knowing it. It's a strange place. So anyway, so what do you have to be thankful for this year, my love? Well, first of all, my life with you. Every day is an adventure. Every day is a laugh. Every day is full of gentleness and kindness. I was single for 10 years. I prayed for a kind man, and that's what I got. That's all I cared about. I just wanted a kind man. I had no other, nothing, money, physical stature, nothing, nothing. Just kind. And you're the kindest man I know. Okay. <laughs> well, so now you make me cry. <laughs> told you, I told you all I cry at the drop of a hat. Y'all never believe me. <laughs> I tear up at the drop of a hat. Okay, so and my, and all our children, all eight of them. Yeah, there's a boatload of them. It's like eight is enough. And they're all good people. How did that happen? That doesn't happen. All of them. <laughs> They're all fantastic people and so blessed and healthy grandchildren for heaven's sakes. Who gets that? Who gets that? We get that. You know, and I am thankful to the modern medicine for of today and our healthcare workers that make all that possible. And um I miss my friend. I have a very close friend that um, I used to go over to her house once a month and we'd get blotto. And <laughs> I miss her. But I wanted to give a shout out to my friend. I'm not going to say her name because she's she knows who she is. Yeah. And uh, but we, because of the virus and, and health situations, we haven't been able to to uh, being able to meet, but we text and uh, gosh, I miss her and uh, thankful for my friend. And uh, I'm thankful for something that um, I'm thankful. Uh, what, what actually not thankful. I wanted to mention the people that are not able to meet with family and in especially our soldiers so far away from home. Which gives us a moment to shout out to Justin who is uh, kind of one of those family members who's not family. I think I wanted to, you know, a veteran like yourself, we want to thank our veterans. 
but yeah, he's a uh, I was peacetime only. Justin, Justin, Justin is the real deal. Yeah, Justin was. Yeah, he was. He was in Iraq, but it's a shout out to be thankful that he was able to come home and settle his problems and become the young man he's becoming. I think, uh, you know, it wasn't always a written thing, and so we're thankful he got on the path he's on. Yes. And Another bl blessing. Honored to be part of that. I think it's, uh, you know, we all touch people's lives in many ways, and we don't know the ripples that we we cause. And so we try to make positive ripples in the world. I think is what we've been trying to do for a decade now, my life. And our children are gone, and they're grown. And you know what? In a sense, it almost seems natural for us to be doing this. If you kind of think I, had, I, had, I hadn't thought about that, I hadn't thought about that either. So, <laughs> kind of seems to be natural for us to be doing this. Oh crap! We've had comments, and I haven't even been. Oh, Gail, <laughs> do I need glasses? Get, no, I need cataract surgery, Gail. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that. So we were talking about being thankful. So this is a it's a, it's it's a uh, yeah it's a natural progression. Uh, Join this, yes. Delight night love. We no longer have our children, but we became good at spreading love, and so we take it to the world. You know, we no longer have children to raise, so now we can go raise the world. Go raise the world. <laughs> Okay, that's a little gentle uh, reminders. But I got great hair, so you know we can do it. You got great hair. <laughs> well, you can. Then you get the attention. Yes. Speaking, and then we deliver the message. Speaking of getting attention and delivering a message, I'm going to deliver a message to you that was passed to me. She said that someone told us, the little bird told me that we would increase our views by a lot if, if little Miss Cute over here was on camera. But I'm not saying this. I'm just passing the message. I'm there. Saying, I'm yeah, on camera. Say hi. Hi. Peace. I, I said we were lucky to get you on, on microphone. So. I know who you're talking about. That's what happens when you make personal appearances like that. <laughs> People want to see you all the time. Just I say, cannot be camera say, ready on a Saturday night. It's not the only person who said something, by the way. Just to let you know. I know eventually. Spider. I okay. Spider. I have been. Spider. I, spider. Spider. It's just, spider. A, just a spider. Let it go. No way, man. Oh, you killed it. That could have been my great great aunt. <sighs> well, she can reincarnate to an elephant now, and I won't be able to kill her. Because so. you don't care about the spider, because they don't crawl on you while you're working. So. <laughs> No. <laughs> I'm the one who has to work out here. <laughs> but to answer, but to respond to your to your your comment, mm -hmm. I know that it's coming. No, it's not coming. I mean, maybe on the pet, Patreon stuff uh, on once a month, you, you get you on camera for, but not, nothing really public. I would never ask you to. Okay. 
now I may tell you that it would be better for the show, the live shows, if you did, but I wouldn't ask you to. I'd tell you the truth because I'm not going to lie to you. Right, right, right. Okay, you know what? <laughs> so, I'm if, not going to lie. If we get a radio program, I will be live for the whole freaking hour. But we have a radio program. <laughs> this is a podcast. That's all radio programs are these days. The radio programs, by their definition, are radio, not camera. So you're not on camera. You're uh, killing me, knucklehead. <laughs> <laughs> I, was trying, I was trying to sneak that one through. I saw how that Damn, goes. I'm so close. <laughs> it's like close but no cigar. Oh, you're killing me over here. Mm. Anyway, oh, I needed that. So, yeah, I just wanted to pass that on, that it's uh, been told to me, not like I didn't need to know, again, uh -huh. that Miss Cutie over here. Oh, thanks, Fred. Well, partly it's just practical because it's weird for me to be talking off camera. We're having a conversation with the voice of God, essentially, and that's just weird now the podcast is fine because that's my secret. Because the people, because the people on the podcast don't know. For them, for the people on the podcast, they're just listening to it, and so it doesn't matter. Yes. But for people who watch it on video, it's just a strange experience if you're watching because you're watching me talk in profile to you. And I appreciate that. When the, if anything, they want me to be like this, but anyway. But or, then they couldn't see your hair. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, anyway, it, it's something to contemplate as we move forward. But I, you know, hey, I figured, you know, we first getting you just to answer, ask the questions for daily dose was the first step, and now we've got you here having full-on discussions, carrying half of the show. And did you think that was possible? What three months ago when we started this journey? No. No. You've grown quite far starting this journey. Oh, thanks, you, you actually called yourself talent earlier. I was kid. I was messing with you. I uh, just to give some background on that. Yeah, <laughs> little joke comment right there. Uh, a joke. I come in at the last. I breeze in at the last minute. Then, then he's setting up, and I'm like, "Hey, what?" And I'm sitting here bored. So you know. Being the wiseacre that I am, I said, hey, you know, the talent shouldn't have to come in. The talent should be able to just walk in. You should be set. You should have the, you should have the microphone check done. Yeah. How come, how come I'm sitting here waiting? This is just, I'm the talent. <laughs> yeah, you're sitting there waiting because you ain't doing nothing. That's why you're sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> Lots to do. Someone could remember to post to the Patreon page that we didn't do. Uh-oh. No, I've posted to the live stream to the Patreon. It would have been public. It's not a big deal. We don't have any actual subscribers, so we don't owe anybody anything yet. Okay. But I've got to get the... I mean, the Patreon page is turned on, and if anybody wants to go to patreon.com slash late night love, you can go and join us. It's three, seven, six, three dollars for discuss for the, to get access to chat with lovey 
eventually when we get it set up this week. Yes, indeedy. Then we got six dollars a month if you want to get access to the daily dose that access to lobby plus the daily dose videos released at either when I make as soon as I make them or when they drop if the I have them made on the same time as the anyway you get the access to the daily dose videos early early access to daily dose videos and maybe a twenty four hours forty eight hour access to the daily dose. We haven't exactly figured out what early access that level is going to get, but probably the videos, the daily dose videos, instead of having to go to the podcast. But I also don't like that's a hard decision anyway. And then you go for 20 bucks a month. You get all the, the other benefits, plus access to the live streams we do when we create the daily dose episodes. And we have some fun and some banter that's that's a that's a loose office work that's oh not, my yeah, god we're polished here compared to those <laughs> this is a polished program show outlined and everything compared to the streams we do when we do the daily dose things those are chaos because well it's just chaos they are not i'm in charge of those they're just well because they're just recording sessions they're not really planned i uh, know planned streams and so and you by the time I get you for those, you have the attention span of a gnat. Well, because those require the attention span of a gnat. I'm bouncing from subject to subject. You have to have an open mind. You have to be able to, to in literally I seconds, was giving you a hard time. My God. Yeah. Well, anyway, so if you want to hear more of this type of banter, you can catch us on the live stream. So, which we chased away, Gail. We chased Gail away. Anyway, yeah, Gail's going to bed. We've got five minutes left. So what do you got for the last five minutes of the show, then? Okay. Let's just breeze through quickly these these other two, uh, other three. Um, in this um, five traits of all unhappy marriages and, what, and how to overcome them. Uh, number three is they don't prioritize relationship rituals. New experiences are everything. To be of to a relationship, but pleasure can be found in the mundane. For example, when you meet at the kitchen table every Saturday to read the real estate section, or the fact that no matter how late the bedtime routine goes with the kids, you always mm-hmm. unwind together to a twenty-minute rerun of Shit's Creek side by side. Oh, well, okay, so that's you- very cute. So. Um, I probably don't need to read the whole thing. So sorry, saying. sorry, sorry. No, it's okay. I'm just saying. Lasting love is that that no, so it's, 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 so the fix is lasting all this fed by little everyday moments of connection. Yes, it's just honor the honor the little things. I think we do that quite well, actually. We honor the little things. We take our joy in, in our and what many people would consider little things. Yes. Yeah, I think we actually do that very well. That's, I think we do too. That's one of our relationship strengths, not a weakness for us. Honor the little things, and we're always kind of constantly, you know, very slowly. We push ourselves and we grow, and we're constantly evolving. And, you know, we're always encouraging people, each other to do it, you know, while at the same time enjoying the mundane and the routines, things we do. We have our daily routines, and we, and we follow them. Yeah. And I'm not a routine person that we don't do. It. It's not routine by time, but we have our 
we have our daily moments. And we, we have our daily moments throughout the day. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's and that's actually one of the greatest things about getting to do with this. We get to continue our if we make a world of this, and we only need a hundred of you at twenty dollars a month to make this to be able to do this full time and turn it into a real thing. So, but that's one of the nice things we get to do that together. We get to do it more. Yes, we do. Okay. So what we got? Now? Number four. They never spend quality time apart. So um, that the um, quick fix. Okay, so wait a minute. It says up here, you load the time your partner spends playing video games, but for some reason you're always sitting side by by cheering them on. The fix is to stop, stop faking a passion for your partner's hobbies and prioritize apart time apart that nurtures your sense of self. Yeah, we did that a long time ago. We learned that in a long time ago. You try things out, and if it's not for you, then you say, okay, it's not for you. No one has expectations. That, you know, it's nice if they enjoy your same hobbies, but if you don't, it's I not. could never get into the baseball thing, and well, I always felt really bad about it. But why would you? You're not into computer games or baseball. Why would you? Yeah, just because you like the history of baseball doesn't mean you like baseball. I love the history of baseball. We're watching <laughs> Ken Burns baseball uh, at night. And we're on, only on uh, Series 7. There's 10. Yeah, we have but, three more to go. Yeah, but you like the history of baseball. I well. love the history of baseball. I love mean, I love baseball. I love going and seeing a live game. And you like watching the playoffs on TV, but you don't give a oh, brat's yeah. patootie about any of the players or what they do or what their stats no, are. No, I really don't. <laughs> I really don't care. I don't. I don't get that far into it. It's the individual drama of the game. So you're not. Yes. Happy. So baseball isn't the hobby. It's the drama of the individuals. Of the individual event. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So it's, yes. And there's a lot of drama there to be had. Yeah. Especially, especially in the playoffs in the postseason, it's a lot of drama because you can see that the players care more, and it's and you actually you share the emotion is is what's cool about the, the playoffs. It's not that the games are necessarily better; it's that you actually can feel, in a sense, the emotion that those players have. You know, many of them. That's just, we've been searching that. What was the greatest moment of the World Series we watched this year? Was we uh, watched. It wasn't that. even the last game. It wasn't even the final game. It, 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 the team didn't even win. But oh, the, no, it's team one. That kid off the last guy on the bench who literally thought he was only there to pinch run, but he gets a chance to hit and he hits that that home run and won the game. Yes, he did. Yeah, he was a twelve-year-old boy, <laughs> pure glee, pure glee. Yeah, pure twelve-year-old boy. So then. This whole team was 12-year-old boys at that moment. And then you got it again when the other team won the World Series the next night. But there were just a bunch of 12-year-old boys. Yeah. And that pure kind of joy, the childhood spirit, it's a wonderful thing when you get to see it. And, you know, I think it's why we all watch. It's the human drama. So, anyway, so what's the last one? Why we last one. They fight more than they get along. Like we said, par, fights are par for the course. Um, but the compelling predictor of whether couples stay together is the ratio of positive to negative, mo negative interactions. And the fix is, now you're going to love this, make a commitment <laughs> together to bring a bit more levity 
to your daily interactions by laughing about the minor squabbles versus holding a grudge. Well, okay, that's, we, that's just make a commitment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, in a sense, that's true. I mean, it's, there's nothing actually untrue about that statement, but that's a whole mindset shift that you have to have. You're having essentially a, two people with a bad mindset, and you're both going to have to change it in order for that to work. One person can't do that kind of thing. If you're in a relationship that's arguing all the time, one person changing it, changing their mindset isn't going to do it. You both have to make the commitment to do it. And that's a lot of self-work. Work. That's a lot of in-here work. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of biting your tongue and changing your instinct. Yes. <laughs> It's a lot of biting your tongue. As you relearn how, what your reactions are going to be. You know, retraining your actions is possible. It's not hard. I'm, I'm, it's hard. It's hard. It's not technically hard, but it's difficult to follow it's through It's difficult on. to do. It takes time. It takes time. It takes a couple weeks. At least. Yeah. To set in. What is it? It takes two to set in a new behavior. It's going to take a long time. But it's if going it, to take longer than that first. If you're, if you're taking slips into account, because you're going to have some slips, but you got to get back on that horse. And it depends how ingrained that nature is of you. Because it's uh -huh. not just changing your habit. You've got a personality trait that you've ingrained for a long time. You probably picked that up. Didn't pick it up last week. You probably picked it up a decade ago, maybe from your family. How in the hell are you going to change that overnight? You're not. Yeah. Not even going to change over two weeks. So that's a long-term commitment. Now, if you're in a marriage or a long-term committed relationship, then you got the rest of your life, get to work. You know, so it's fine. But don't pretend that I just... <laughs> Oh, just change my behavior. Yeah, just change your behavior. Just commit to change your behavior. Yeah, that's the start of the journey. Yeah. But that's a lot of mental work of retraining your brain to re to reinterpret input. You know, you've got clearly if you're arguing all the time, your input becomes either defensive or anger. You're not your instinct when something goes wrong, your instinctive your instinctive reaction is anger or or defensiveness. And so if you get angry or defensive, then you're not going to have a productive conversation. You're starting off from the wrong spot. And so it's that initial reaction you have to change. How the hell do you do that? It's just a lot of introspection, a lot of figuring out why you react that way. And, and then just biting your tongue and ignoring the initial reaction and then coming up with the rational one. And over time, the rational one becomes the initial reaction more and more often. But there ain't nothing easy about it. It takes a lot of work, a lot of mental effort, a lot of mental energy. But ultimately, it makes you a better you. It makes your relationship your better relationship. It makes the world a better world. And that's what we all want. We all want the world to be a better world. So we can be our best self. And I think that's our 
journey of love. I think we found our river of love tonight. We've hit the exit. We found our river and we'll send you off down your leg of the journey of love. Be kind to each other. Enjoy the time with the friends and family you do get to spend with this week. And from us here, late night love for me and Lubby. Please remember, love everybody. And uh, good night. <laughs>